We were children of the Silicon Revolution, an X-generation conscripted to fight the console and home computer wars. A product of an analog 70s childhood, we came of digital age in the 80s, believing we could affect the world eight bits at a time. Armed with joysticks, full-stroke keyboards, jolt cola, and MTV haircuts, we proceeded into the vertical blank. There, we stayed up late at night, devising incantations from D&D rulebooks and beginner's all-purpose symbolic instruction code. Video games were the match, and programming was the fuse, as the infinite possibilities of the digital world exploded into the internet age to come. We are Generation Atari. So long before there were actual video games that we knew we could own, there was the Sears Wish Book. And the Sears Wish Book came every fall, and our job as kids and other kids that we knew that were in the same situation we were, our job was to look through the Sears Wish Book and circle the things that we wanted for Christmas. And it so happens that on wishbookweb.com. They have lots of Sears wish books that you can look through. Also, Montgomery Ward and JCPenney. It's a really cool website that has versions of these catalogs, you know, going far back, but mostly in the 70s and 80s. And you can page through them. 1977 is sort of a banner year for the wish book because it came out in the fall, yet Star Wars was also out that year, but there are no Star Wars toys in the wish book. Atari came out that year. But there's no actual Atari VCS in the wish book either. There's no Legos. Really, this 1977 wish book is sort of the height of toys before video games. And I thought it would be kind of cool if we went through it because discovering video games in like 1978 changed everything. But there was a time before that. And the things we liked to do and the things we wanted and the things that kids did, I think it's very interesting to discover what those were before the entire world changed when Star Wars, Legos, and video games appeared. So here's our discussion of the Sears Wish Book 1977. Season 3, Episode 21? Yes, this is Season 3, Episode 21. Before video games, top 50 awesome gifts from Sears Wish Book 1977, plus news. Yeah, so let's do some news first, talk a little bit about the programming, and then get into uh, the topic for today. Sounds good. First of all, some podcast news. For one single day, we were number one in Luxembourg. Wow! Which, which I think means and you know, that there's, a, there's one person in Luxembourg who listened to all of our podcasts over like one or two days. So whoever was in Luxembourg listening to our podcast, thank you. Thank you. The other interesting thing about Luxembourg, I believe our Uncle John, who was killed in World War II, is buried in somewhere in Luxembourg. Yes, he is. So it's quite possible. It's like that first episode, or one, I know it was the first episode, one of the first episodes of the Twilight Zone where the phone line got knocked down in the storm onto the grave of the woman whose husband keeps calling her on the phone. Yeah, that was, that. yeah. Uh, it could I'm be sure Uncle that... John, 
somehow listening to all the podcasts, realizing that we actually talk about him several times. Even so my so my thought is they put a five G tower near the cemetery, and that's what's going on. Ooh, it, that's a, that's not a bad update of Twilight Zone. Let's hear if we get any um, any uh, EVPs while we're talking about this. Okay, could be. We'll find out. Okay, second, uh, we got a a good new review on Apple Podcast reviews. It's from Thomas Du Mercado. So thank you, Tomas. Tomas, thank you, Tomas. Second only to Ferg into oh. the vertical blank. Love the stories, love the interviews, but the best thing for me about this amazing, incredibly listenable, let me read that again, amazing, incredibly listenable, wait, let me read that again, amazing, incredibly listenable pod is the presence and continued emphasis on the 7800. As a fan and budding 7800 homebrew programmer myself, I can't wait to hear where the show seems to be headed. Looking forward to it. Do we have any 7800 content coming up? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. I mean, we can, we'll can. we talk about some 700 programming in this Your episode game. if we want. Yeah, we will. We will. We also got an email about chips, about the chips episode, the last one from David. Yes. This is from David Schmidt. Hi, I can't believe I just bought an episode of chips, but I'm glad I did. That was the first time I've seen that show in 35 years, as I probably watched most of the six seasons. That was hilarious and quite a trip back into the deep 80s. I wish there was a TV show that captured my local arcade in Queens, New York, called Super Amusements. I'd love to have even a few still photos of the place, let alone high-quality footage. Anyway, thanks for that great double dose of nostalgia at the Chips episode plus your podcast. Now, I just want to watch a few more Chips episodes. Do you have any recommendations? And and we do, right? We have some more recommendations. Yeah, I sent him two. I, I, I didn't know the episode numbers, but I told him that the uh, whenever they hit pop culture, it's always hilarious. So there's a punk rock episode. And I think that's in the third season. The punk right. rock episode, third or third season. There's and a there's, roller disco double. I think that starts like the third season or the fourth season, and then the sixth season has the UFO episode and the Donnie Most heavy metal episode, which is oh. just, just amazing. And there's a lot though. I mean, it, you can't. It's, it's hard to just pinpoint any one because like Puffin stuff shows up in an episode, and Elvira shows up in an episode. Like right. They, they they pretty much pop culture dotted chips in ways that a lot of their shows didn't do. And it was interesting pop culture because it wasn't necessarily the same pop culture that was covered on other TV shows. So the interesting thing is that, um, and this is just one little thing about chips was when they made original music, they did a really good job. Yeah. So it was pretty close. I mean, the song from the band Pain, the punk rock song, it sounds like Husker Du era punk rock or hard rock, if you want to call it that at the time. And the, the song that um, Donnie Moe sings, the Devil Take Me song, is straight off an early Motley Crue record. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we also got a response um, to the Chips episode from, I believe it's Sean from the Pie Factory podcast and also yes. the Autobiography of a Schnook which is actually the account that responded to us about the episode of Different Strokes, the arcade episode of Different Strokes. And he posted some where there's a few videos of it, which is really cool. I still want to find the full episode, but it was really nice of him to uh, send that to us. Yeah, definitely. So there's a good response from that episode already. Uh, Maybe we'll do a little bit more. I think if we did any more chip stuff, we have another podcast where we just do chips, which (laughs) actually would be really fun. We did episode one. Yeah, I did episode one, but I mean, we never rec- we we recorded half of it and then we stopped. The only the only thing is is that it takes a, it takes a probably two full days to get it done. 
Right. Um, it's, a, to, it's a while to do to a, uh, those an episode by a, an episode podcast. It's just an hard. hour episode probably takes me four hours to, to like write everything down and stuff. But anyway, okay. So um, in the last episode in for um, Ode to Castle Park, we played Tony Longworth's music. And I want to say that Tony's, that's from Tony's Primal Serenity album. Um, he said this about it. He said, it's one of my album in progress releases. Basically, I will be adding more songs as they become available. I've got a lot of these types of albums on Bandcamp. Just didn't want people waiting until the entire album is ready before hearing the music. This way, people get to hear something new when each track is finished. He said Primal Serenity is a follow-up to his debut album, Beyond the Veil, which was released back in 2001. Right. Wow. It features, will feature many, mainly world soundtrack, soundscape style music, both local and instrumental, which is really cool for us because <laughs> we, we, we would like to use this stuff as part of our soundtrack. So it's great. Exactly. Oh, what about this? What about Jamie Landino's new book? Oh, Jamie Landino's book is sitting right next to me. Attract Mode by Jamie Landino. It is the history of arcade games, stress games. It does talk about the companies where it needs to and it does and it has to but it's really focused on the individual games which is what we always wanted out of the books when we were reading some of these history books they don't always focus on the actual games that came out right books either focus on history and hardware and a little bit about the games or just about the games with no context this puts unlike all of his books this put the uh, his books are he has a book on the twenty six hundred, which is called Adventure, the Atari eight bit, which is called Breakout, and the Atari ST, which which is called Faster Than Light. Oh yes, Faster um, Than Light, which is a great name. And in those books, he does it by his history of his history with the with the machines and the history, and talks about the games and the applications in context. That's what he does with the track mode. It makes his four book series. Such a pleasure to read. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I don't have a copy yet, but I plan to get one. And maybe we can interview him again about it. Because oh, we, we only should. interviewed him about, I think, the Atari 800 book, and we should probably get back and we need to get We need to get back on the horn with him and, and do it like an hour-long interview about everything he's been doing in all four of his books. So also, I think I don't think we mentioned we mentioned these at all, the, the two TV shows that have been on, the High Score that's on Netflix, um, which featured... Rebecca Heinemann and Steve Golson, right? Our interviewee from the, this year. Steve Golson is in episode one, and Rebecca Heinemann is there, who is one of the people we talk to on Twitter all the time, and she won the uh, like Space Invaders contest back in 1980, and then went on to be a computer game programmer, which is awesome. And Golson looks great in there too. So the high score is is a pretty good show. I actually um, liked it a lot. I liked the I liked the way they took a story, made an episode out of a story, and that means there could always be more of them. Um, it's not... Yeah, I, I agree with you that, that it's designed so there can be more seasons, and they can poke around yeah, and they tell different stories. And they covered... It was an interesting thing, because when they started covering adventure, and of course they kind of have RPGs and adventures kind of mixed together, but they started with Sierra, which is like where you should start um, when you're talking about graphic adventure games, you know, I mean, that's... yeah. And speaking of Sierra, did you know that Ken Williams has written an autobiography? I did know that. I, I listened to the interview with him, the, uh, the retro, retro, hour. retro hour. Yes. Yeah. I saw, so I just bought it. I can't wait. It's called 
Uh, not all fairy tales have happy endings. The rise and fall of Sierra Online. It sounds really good. I mean, it, I mean, it, you know, he's yeah an interesting character. I'd love to hear what happened. One um, thing, um, I listening to the interview on their podcast, which is a great podcast. I remember, I do, I'm, I'm, I don't know if they're getting, or maybe I'm just forgetting Half Life in context because I know Sierra put it out. Valve, to, Valve was one of their companies, I believe, but they, right. they might have only been a publisher for Valve. They might not have been. The well, the re, I'll say Sierra went down at a time that I thought that they, he talks about Sierra going out of business well before that game came out, and so I'm not quite sure of going out of. I'm not quite sure if they were just a name on the box anymore. They might have been. You know, I'm not. I'm not really sure. I, I'll read his biography and I'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> The other series that not series the movie that's on is Console Wars, which is on CBS All Access. It's pretty good. It, my friend who who um, loves the book and loves Sega told me he thinks it's a little too short. It is a little too short. It ends a little abruptly, but it's still pretty good. It's very much in the vein of High Score. Hmm. It's like it's like a, an extended episode of High Score. It sounds as actually sounds pretty good. Um, okay, so then next the Atari VCS from Atari has shipped maybe. They say it has. Hopefully people will see their Atari VCS soon, and then we can start understanding if Atari has um, you know, a real plan for that. Um, I did go this morning and play a little bit of Pong Quest again, and it's a, it's a fairly decent game. I think, I think it's a, it, I still think it's a, a very interesting way to extend the idea of Pong. I think it's cool, but you know, it, it also, I also lose all the time, so it makes me mad. But yeah. it's it's kind of hard to control. I mean, that's the one thing about Pong is that without an actual uh, spinner or pod or you know paddle, controlling Pong in like a breakout is really hard. I think the what only game I've played that actually replicated it correctly was the Atari ST version of Arknoid with the mouse. Oh yeah, um, worked really well. But other than that, it's been really hard to get paddles to work. Um, and that game, you know, requires you know that that sort of precision and you just can't do it i remember when i tried to do a pong game for the atari pong developer challenge back in 2000 was it 2013 2012 2013 my idea was to put a um a bar that you that you manipulated at the bottom of the screen right and left which would move your pong paddle up and down instead right. of having to like somehow swipe the screen and it worked pretty well on an iPad, but when I just tried to play it again on a PC, when I exported it, it's just really, really terrible. <laughs> anyway. Well, as we were talking, I just purchased Ken Williams' book. You've got some information about some um, homebrew. So I do. I've been going through the latest Atari 800 homebrews. The ABUC contest games are being released right now. That's the Atari Bitbiter Club user club out of Germany. Mm -hmm. And they usually get a, a very nice set of new games about this time every year or you know sometimes earlier that are added to the library for Atari Big Computers. Usually there's four or five great ones. Three of them, now all of them are good. Three of them caught my eye. The first one is called Last Squadron. And I'll put a link in the show notes to a video of it. It, it is an outstanding 1943 Zevia style game with great music, great graphics and effects. It fills a hole in the library where, where only Screaming Wings was before. Oh my God. Screaming Wings? 
Yeah, but there's a new version. That's only on the ST that it does that, by the way. Screaming Game over, the- man. Game over. It's on the ST version, not the ST version. I'm there, sorry. It, someone did redo the graphics of the of Screaming Wings 8-bit that came out earlier in this year, and it's really good. So there's two. I Canadian- just have to say that I was so excited to buy Screaming Wings because the back of the package made it look like a game I wanted to play badly, and I was so disappointed by for the, the ST. For the ST. Yeah. The 8-bit version's pretty good. Yeah, it was a little disappointing on the ST. There's not a lot by Red Rat that was very great on the Atari ST. But there is a good one out there just aside. Um, the version of Screaming Wings for the Atari Bit has been improved, and it's up on HomeSoft. And these will be in HomeSoft soon, I'm pretty sure, like they always are. There's another game called Oxygen BE Part 2, which is a Uridium clone, and Uridium is oh, yeah. the game that I put up for the Atari ST with the with the Commodore 64 soundtrack. But recently, I put that up onto, well, it doesn't matter, I, I put a video up, and then there's a link in the video where you can download the, the file. I haven't been put it up on our site, I put it up on Atari 8. This Uridium clone does not have music during gameplay, which is a little disappointing, because the Pokey could easily handle the Uridium music, but it's a great looking, fun game needed in the Atari Bit library. There are a few games like it. One of them came out for the XE game system. There are, um, there are some pretty good ones, but this one is more forgiving and it looks really fun to play. And then there's one of the game called They Are Many, which is like a real, it's a real-time strategy game for the Atari Apex. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm look, it looks a little bit like Cannon Fodder or something like that. It looks really fun. It needs to be played. I've seen just seen a limited part of a video on it. So that's all really of homebrew right now. I looked on the 8-bits for now. Uh, there's always a, a healthy supply of 7800 and 2600 ones coming out that are easy to find information about. But um, it's usually <laughs> the 8 target bits and the STs and the Lynxes and the Jaguar ones don't get talked about as much. Yeah, so, yeah, I know. I mean, Jaguar so, I'm, everybody's out on it on the Atari store, though. So, so speaking of homebrew, how is your Atari ST work going? I got a lot done about two months ago on ex- discovering all of the ways that you could make the version of Stoss, the final version of Stoss, that's faster. It's It rivals GFA Basic 3.6 for speed when compiled. I, did, I was discovering how to do STE and um, blitter things on it and how to wipe the screen fast. I know this all sounds really silly, but it's things you need to do. And to put a bunch of sprites on, I got that all working. I got a little demo going. And then I started working on fixing our Zamboozle Poker Dice game to make it playable on computers now and change out the the music so that it's I made a new song and put it on, on it. That's all ready to go. Uh, it's not up on Atari Mania yet, but in our next podcast, we will have a bunch of information about that and we will have a zip up and I will have submitted it to Atari Mania by then. So that's what I've been working on programming wise. How about you, Steve? I'm working on Number Crusher still. I like it. I have lots of ideas for Atari 7800 games now that I've kind of gotten over the hump of figuring out how to do a lot of it, the, a lot of the bank switching and stuff, stuff like that, um, and how to manage assets. And it's actually really fun. I'm really sort of disappointed that developers back in the 80s didn't get a real chance to push the 7800 because I think there would be amazing games for it. Yeah. Again, it's not. it, it has some limitations that the that the NES and the SMS were be, do better at, but it also in some ways does better itself at things like more colors and and be have the ability to manipulate more sprites and stuff in different ways depending on what the game is. So, 
I plan to get Number Crusher done by the end of this year. Right now, I added a jet that comes and bombs the freeway, and you have to shoot it with missiles. You have a limited number of missiles that you oh, can cool. pick up that you can use to blow up anything. But you, if you don't save them for the jet, then you have to dodge the jet until either you pick up a missile and shoot it, or it just decides that it's done bombing the freeway and leaves. But the jet is actually part of Street Racer. There is a variation of Street Racer that has a jet called Jet Fighter, and you're in a car and you shoot these jets that come down the screen. And I, so what I'm trying to do is incorporate all the different elements, or as many as I can that were in Street Racer into Number Crusher, but as a single game with levels instead of multiple The way it should have been when Atari made those after, when, it, when Nintendo sort of figured out that making levels out of your games instead of variations was the way to go, that's what Atari should have been doing. I guess they sort of did, but that would have been great to see games like that. So that's that's a great way to do it. Yes, I'm not pushing myself, but I'm you know I, I'm going to do some work this weekend, and I and I hope to have it done by the end of the year, and then and then I've learned enough to get back to Into the Void, which is the Into the Vertical Blank game, and I have some ideas. Like I was just thinking today, I'd love to make a, a top-down helicopter scrolling game where you're you know fighting a nom or something, but basically do screaming wings the way I wanted the game to be <laughs> well there is no 1943 style game for the um 7 and there um there's a good one for the sts pretty good i think this is hard but i think i had some ideas today about how to overcome some limitations i mean i mean there is zevious which you know is, is pretty good is zevious it's a great version of zevious right and yeah. in fact though i think that they could have used the 320 mode and and layers and sprites to make that because there aren't that many colors in that game um, I need to look. I need. I was gonna. I need to take a look again to see now they know a little bit more and see how it's done. But anyway, that's the seven eight hundred uh, homebrew update for this time. Yeah, so Jeff. Steve, what about video updates? So you've had some videos go up that are showing some progress in Number Crusher. I'm yet to put any videos up that are showing any of my Stoss STE. Um, that's coming. Uh, I may put a video up. I will put a video up for Zamboozle when we get it up, um, especially with the new music and a, a whole game being played, basically, just for the fun of it, so you, someone can see the whole thing. No one's ever going to get past, like, a minute. It doesn't matter. And um, I've been specializing in the games that kind of push the limits or are really fun and look cool on the Atari ST and STE. And I have two up right now. Each one has, one has 26 games, one has 24. So there's 50, and right now I'm compiling together another 24 to 25. Oh, cool. We'll put in another video. Let's go up, go up October 11th. And then once I'm done with that, I'm going through the S, going using the same thing and going through the ST games in a different manner. I'm going to start with some of the, the Tato conversions, so that would include, and Tecmo, so that would include Arknoid and some of the other ones that oh, don't that's cool. get a lot of a press out there. Uh, people know that they exist. And things like that. Cool. Okay, so let's get into the feature today because this was an idea I came up with earlier this week. I had remembered, like, it's October right now, mid-October, right? Yes. And I remember about this time, the Sears wish book would show up in the mail, basically to every house in America, but but um, but to our house in particular. And it, that meant that it was time for us to go through and mark down the stuff we wanted for Christmas. And we basically go through and circle it, either circle it and write our name by it or whatever. And, and then mom would 
then t- pick it up and look at the things we circled. We never actually told her about them. She just looked at the stuff we circled and then magically Santa Claus will bring stuff for Christmas. Um, so this is not a Christmas episode. This is a serious wish book episode because it would have showed up right about this time. So what's really cool is there is a site on the internet, which I put in the show notes called wishbookweb.com. And this guy there, Jason, who I actually emailed to ask if we could use the images in a video on the website, but he didn't respond to me. So there will at least have links to the pages. And for anyone who wants to follow along, there'll be a link either on the website you're looking at this or in the in the show notes, links directly to the pages so you can see what we're talking about here because some of this stuff has to be seen to be believed. Right. But we thought we would go through the presents or products in the wish book from, from 1977 some of these we got, some of these we asked for, some of these we got and asked for, not 1977, but many years before, and maybe even some years after. And then there's a bunch of weird stuff, too. <laughs> <laughs> there's stuff bunch that of- I remember really wanting and circling, but knowing I would never get. And things that just amazed me that they are in this book, too. Yeah. I don't know why. Ten are just dishonorable mentions I came up with. So the number 60. Which Wait, is no, on- what pace? Oh, sorry. Page 212 are these kids' suits. And I looked at these kids' suits and their kid-sized suits. I remember these existing when we were kids. I think it kind of reminds right. me of Rick Schroeder when I look at the, the kid wearing the green one to the left. But like kid suits with, with no ties, so they're like cool suits. And all I could think of when I saw these was, thank God our parents couldn't afford to buy us suits. Yeah, uh, these are awful. Um, <laughs> absolutely horrifying. These are horrifying. Suits. But I remember them existing, and I just wondered, like, who wore the? Did we have friends? I think we had probably friends who had a suit. You know what? I think, like, uh, Mike K. from grammar school might have had a suit. Um, yeah. I can yeah, think okay. of Evan P. might have had one. I don't know, though. You know, I, I don't remember, but but um, it's just because the two kids in this picture actually like Mike K and Evan P. That's what <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, yeah, kid suits, not cool. Okay, so um, number 59, right, dishonorable right. mention. On page 181. Um, men's leisure jumpsuits. <laughs> on page 181. And these are horrifying. <laughs> I think I think the most horrifying part is the zipper that goes all the way down the front. Yes, although I, I don't know why. <laughs> now I remember that you know, Uncle, our, we had an Uncle Richard, Uncle who worked at Lytton for a long time in other aerospace, and he was really into his own airplanes, and he would work in his hangar all the time, and he would have actual jumpsuits that were right. baggy. And they were for working on airplanes. These are not, These are not that. These are tailored jumpsuits. This is like a this is a moose knuckle crusher. Is this like the Parisian night suit that was on Freak, Freaks and Geeks? Must be, Steve. <laughs> Must be the close. Parisian night suit. Those are Freaks Looks and like Geeks. a Parisian night suit. Well, let's okay. move on to the next let's one. Let's go on to number 58, which is on page 198. And there, I called these not these pajamas. <laughs> Um, wow oh my lord pajamas with masks and one is Bugs Bunny but it's like a maniacal killer Bugs Bunny and one is the creepiest clown you have ever seen in your life that is quite possibly the scariest clown ever now I'm I'm thinking that this might have been like like it might have been scary on purpose like I don't think people didn't think this was scary back then they must have, but even the Bugs Bunny is scary. I uh, yeah, the, the masks are are just not right in these pictures here on page one ninety eight of the Sears nineteen seventy seven catalog. The next one actually is two, 
It's 56 and 57. And these were the pajamas that you and I actually got. And they're awesome. We, we had these pajamas. This counts as really two because they're awesome. It's like Winnie the Pooh was one. And I think we had something else. But I mine, I think I remember the blue. But yes, they're the most comfortable pajamas on the planet. But these are oh, the sorry, cutest. Page, close to page 198. These are the cutest pajamas I've ever seen. Yeah, they are. They're they're, they're and, and one's Winnie the Pooh, and what's the other one? Because I know uh, it's, uh, looks like it's them. also Winnie the Pooh with Eeyore on it. But but yeah, those are. We I have. like them because there are pajamas. So I know, looking at this, Mom found, bought those pajamas for us. Yeah, and they were look through this. We didn't circle these pajamas in the series wish book for see Christmas. How much these cost? She did five bucks. So that's why we got these pajamas. Oh yeah, they're they're totally. We didn't like the the ones below. I think are like. Fifteen dollars, the one with the with the with the. Bunch she would never would have got the scary mask. No way. For the five dollar pajamas. That's her speed right there. Fifty five. Fifty five is is the unicycle. This is on page five hundred sixty two, and I just want to point at the unicycle to you. I remember seeing a unicycle in these unicycles in the Sears Witch Book all the time. My question for you is: Did you ever look through the Sears Witch Book and say? Yeah, I want a unicycle. No, but you know who did? Adam Carolla. And <laughs> and he had an entire thing about wanting a unicycle. No, I never wanted one to see. And then also on page 564 is a pogo stick. And the pogo stick equally as dangerous, but a little bit more powerful. I never wanted a pogo stick, but my kids did. And they ended up getting pogo sticks. Mom would have never bought us a pogo stick. No, no she, possible was, she way. was too smart for that. Yeah, and the unicycle not as well, but I mean, she because she wanted us to grow up and have grandkids. Right, exactly. Um, so number fifty-four is the football helmet radio. Now, now this isn't a bad present. It's it's on page six hundred four. I remember these football helmet radios. Right, I remember, it, and I actually wanted a Raiders or a Rams. Oh no, not a Raiders. Raiders weren't around at that time. They weren't. You, they weren't L.A. I wanted a Rams one at the time. And I only put this in here because I never wanted one ever. <laughs> well, I just meant I wanted or I'd like, I, okay. I don't know if I wanted one of these particularly radios, but I know I, I, we were fans of the Rams at the time. Right. If you wanted one, you would have got the Rams one. Yeah. I don't know anyone who had these, but these, I remember these were fairly popular. Okay. So time. I would much rather have 54, which was the football helmet radio than 53. What's 53, Steve? 53 on page 599 are Vanity Fair AM radio big ear headphones and they're headphones with big ears on them. <laughs> they look like something that Pee Wee Herman would have in his house. Yeah, you're right. It does look like like a Pee Wee Herman product. Yeah, they're horrifying. They're, and the kid wearing them only looks like he wants to take them off. So, yeah. So, 52 is really a set of the Halloween costumes you would find at the grocery store in thrifties, but yeah. they call them play suits. And okay, then wait, first suddenly of all, you get page to the four hundred and seventy nine. Four seventy nine. You have, um, I think, Bionic Woman and Bionic Man, Superman, Spider Man, Wonder Woman, Batman, and then when you get to King Kong, yeah, it so, has King Kong on it. Yeah, yeah. So this, work. all of them, these are actually pretty good costumes because they're unlike the the ones we got at the store in the boxes. They don't have a big. They don't just say like the Wolf Man across the front, and you right. have a mask or or Spider-Man in like marketing letters. And they actually look like the costumes except for the, the King Kong one, which literally says King Kong on the front. And I think it's because they couldn't really do a good King Kong one. They got the license, but they didn't know what to do with it. Okay, 51, 50. the That's last dishonorable weird. mention. And the thing I just don't understand, and it was in the catalog twice, 
once on page 338 and a different one on page 530. 530. And it's a can stacker. I don't understand and, this. And I think I, I actually wanted this when I was a kid because I thought it came with the cans because I loved fake food. But it doesn't. It's just a plastic thing you can stick cans in for your can collection. Like beer can collection. Yeah, but all of them have like kids. Like kid, like one is a kid's collection, like 7-Up and Bub, Bubble Up and Tap and stuff. And, and they're trying to sell this as something kids do. Did you know any kid ever who collected cans? I think I read it in a book one time, you know, something like that. But no, I mean, sure, there were some because kids had nothing to do in the 70s. This I'm is telling like you. a Midwesty thing. We had the beach to go to, I guess, so we yeah. didn't have to collect cans. There might have been some, but yeah, this is just weird. And um, this means... I just like that it's in there twice. <laughs> yeah, there's two different, two different ones. ones. <laughs> it's, it's the same price, though. Oh, wait, one seven forty seven or one seven forty nine? Yeah, so so well, one is white and the other one is looks like it's black. There is, I remember reading books back then where kids were collecting the cans. I, it, it, there was something to it, although it is it's not something we ever wanted. But I can remember like lots of kids collected beer cans and soda cans. In fact, the cans were I, much I could, cooler because they were like tin cans. Yeah, I could see it being a thing because the cans do look cool on here. Yeah, but. It just wouldn't be something now, obviously. The top 50. Okay, number 50. Page 575. 575, number 50. Earth Movers. These are like giant, yeah, 575. These are like sort of giant Tonka yellow construction vehicles. And we had these. We had the dump truck. I know we had the dump truck. And we had one of the other ones. But here's why I put it in here, because I know we circled this, and I know we got it. Not when we were seven years old, probably when we were younger. They probably yeah. were there for a while. one of these, at least. But, okay, so so here's a, here's a funny story. Okay, the word earth mover. So we had these, and, and it, when I was like five or six years old, I totally blanked on the word earth mover. And I swear to God, for like 15 years, I was like, what's that other word for bulldozer? <laughs> I don't know what it and, and it bothered me and I thought about it like once a day every single day of my entire life and there's and no place to me. look it up back then no no it's not like I could go to the to the encyclopedia and go what's another name for but you, you could have gone a to a bulldozer. thesaurus maybe but I didn't even know what thesaurus was at the time okay yeah, when you're five yeah yeah but then I started working at the library and within a week I started reading the Richard Scary books again because I was 17 and that's what you do when you're 17 and you work, work at the library. And one of the pages had an earth mover on it. And I'm like, <laughs> holy shit. I've been wondering what this is for the last 12 or 13 years of my life. And now I found out what it was. And I've never forgot it since. It's always been earth mover. You can tell that we grew up in suburbia. I'm sure anyone that grew up in a <laughs> exactly. rural area knows what earth mover is right away. So 49. Now, this is Texas Instruments Little Professor, page 352. This is cool. It's something I wanted. I remember that I found in our Ivy one time, someone had dropped, and I kept for myself, a data man, which was a much more expensive, more impressive. Oh, um, you mean, in our, so we had Ivy in the front of our house, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. There's Ivy in the front of our house. Someone dropped out of their and backpack kids, or something. kids walked, so there's no sidewalk, so they have to walk through the Ivy if they want, not, didn't want to walk in the street. And so it was It was a catcher of things that kids dropped from their backpacks. Yes. And I, it was a great thing, electronic thing called the um, called Data Man. And it was like 
Texas Instruments Little Professor, which is basically a calculator, but it was that on steroids. Um, a little professor actually asked you, you know, questions and things you have to answer them. But, but yeah, do, data do man you remember was, someone had this? I can't remember. It was either Carrie or Eric Barth or something. Uh, but one of the two, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Because we had two friends, one up the street, one down the street, whose parents spoiled them with all sorts of stuff. <laughs> so it just, it just we didn't know which which one it was at. But so it's 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 yellow and looks like there's an owl on the front, but it's not an owl. It's a little. It's like a professor. And anyway, it was a cool kids calculator at the time. And I, I probably circled this, but there's no way we'd ever get it. Number forty-eight, Steve. What's okay, that? number forty-eight is on page four hundred seventy-eight. And it is a gumball machine. There's actually many more gumball machines in the catalog, too. And I only put this on here because my entire life I've wanted a gumball machine. And I've never gotten a gumball machine. No I've, possible. I've way. purchased gumball machines for both boys like three or four times when they were little. And basically, they they just ate the gum and not you didn't. <laughs> I didn't really eat the gum. See, I learned my first lesson in commerce from a gumball machine. Yeah. And it probably was fascinating because I remember we were at the Vans shoe store in like 1974 or something or three. Uh, one of the, the two or three Vans that existed. This is in Manhattan Beach. And they had a gumball machine there and I had a diamond in my pocket. And I'm like, oh, if you if it's a penny for one gumball, then if I put a diamond, I'm going to get 10. So I put my dime in, and I got one gumball. And that's because gumball machines are stupid. <laughs> um, they don't know the difference between a penny and I learned that. They don't so know the difference, right? This was not in the time of, of thinking learning machines, Steve. Exactly. Um, okay, so number 47, Pillsbury Cake Making Kit on page 477. And... Yeah, that's an awesome looking thing. I don't think I'd ever circle that though. No, I want. Yeah, okay. So here's why I circled it. I whenever we looked through the catalog, I loved any toy that had lots of packages of stuff in it. Yes, I wanted a bunch of stuff. I and see so this now. I remember lots of these and wanting a Pillsbury cake decorating kit, and I think we got one at some point. Maybe, but I don't know exactly. I remember, I remember kind of making the cakes or something with this, with it. Maybe it was with the one of the ovens or something. But I remember getting one of these, and it was disappointing because we only did it once, and it, it was gross and everything. But same with the Hot like the- Wheel maker. Same thing with that. I mean, yeah. It, okay, what's number forty six, Steve? Forty six is a bow and arrow. It's really simple. It's a bow and arrow. I, I, I don't. I, th- I think I must have circled the bow and arrow every time there was in the in the. Which book? We never got a bow and arrow, and why? You're because we would have, we would have killed, we would have killed someone. Plus, it's fifteen. Plus, it's sixty dollars. There's in- another one. It's sixty bucks. If you'll notice, most of the stuff that we actually got from this catalog was under like fifteen dollars. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, talking about under fifteen dollars, then it was like yeah. that was like a fifty dollar yeah. present. Now, and mom had four people to buy presents for, and she was intense about making everything fair, equal, so, equal. Yeah, yeah, equal. And equal I'll, and fair, I'll exactly. point, point that out to you a little later. Okay. So uh, bow and arrow. Okay, that's a weird one. Okay, so number 45, the character label maker on page 443. I always wanted a label maker. I wanted a label. I have a label maker now. I got one at Costco to make labels. But yes, the label maker was fantastic. I always wanted one because I wanted to label stuff. I can't explain why, but yes. I still maker. want a label. Ha- we have a label maker, but I want another one. I was using them to label the tops of the Atari 800 carts and the 5200 carts because they don't have oh, yeah. labels. And then something happened when Genie had it. I need. I-, I ran out of tape or something, and then I figured I want my own. Um, okay, number 44, Steve. Okay, number 44 is a stop sign. It's literally on, a stop sign. On page 444. <laughs> I don't think I ever this. 
Steve, I it's love number 44 signs. on page 444. It's a stop is... sign with a number four on it. <clears throat> That's crazy. That is K-Razy. Yes, I always, wanted to stop, I always wanted a stop sign to put in our room. I love stop signs. Didn't we get a warning sign and put it up when we were the teenagers or something like that? Like we, a, we we did get some sort of warning sign that we that we got on one Halloween night. That's a story. <laughs> That's a different story. Yeah. No, I meant there was something we put up. So, okay. Okay. Number forty three, on page four sixty eight. Hugo, man of a thousand faces. Now maybe I would say we could have swapped this one for the football helmet radio in the in the in the dishonorable. Um, yeah, I didn't want Hugo at all. I don't know why it's not in here, but I always thought Hugo was fascinating. There's no way Mom would get it for us because it looks satanic. I'm totally sure. I thought we got it. Th- like I could swear we had it, but maybe it was somebody else that had it. Maybe I remember seeing it a lot though, and it scared me. And you know, what scared me more was what Simon what's- says right below it. The yeah, weird okay. dummy. On the same page. The rest of the page 468 is filled with ventriloquist dummies. Filled with them. I'd probably rip that page out and, and put it and put it in like Granny's fireplace. I would have thrown it away. One of our sisters probably would have done that. They probably would have t- taken the page out. Exactly. 42 is a wooden Mattel train, page 503. It's and this would have been. Train. This probably wouldn't have been when I was seven. I probably would have wanted this back at when I was four or five. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. We got this when we were. So we, had, we own this. When we were like two or three, we got this. This is the train that we had our entire lives. And so it's in, it's in this list yes. because I know mom got it. From, now I know where mom yes. got it from, the Sears catalog. And it was eight ninety five. Yeah, it was eight ninety five. So it's right within her price range. And it's by Mattel. So good job, Mattel. Yeah, good job, Mattel. Okay. When, um, when Mattel was doing their internal sales, you know, their archive sales, I nearly bought one of these, is but I where, missed out. It is where I got you the Tough Stuff Drill that I, I gave you for Christmas yeah, a couple of years ago. Tough Stuff Drill was awesome. Number 41, soccer 40, ball. 41, soccer ball. Now, um, I was, I think we were pretty intrigued by so- all sports, especially soccer. Even then, it was AYSO at the time for us. This is page 410, by the way. 410, and... Um, most likely, we did not get a soccer ball. No, there's no way we got a soccer ball because at the time, Dad would have thought that it was crazy commie. European sport. It was commie. But then later on, commie he, European sport. Later on, he his attitude changed. Yeah, but we wouldn't have gotten it. But um, but we but we certainly probably circled it because we we're like, what's that soccer thing? We used to play on the playground with like a billion kids soccer with a red rubber ball. Yeah, um, they would and just it was like around the soccer. It's when we were like six. It was like six. Yeah, we're, okay, this is what grade. they did. Okay, that was funny because what they did was at school, we were playing, we were using, this is when we were like second grade. We took up the entire grass field, which is probably the size of two soccer fields, playing a, a game of soccer with like every boy and some girls just chasing the ball the around. The entire thing. Yeah, the entire, entire field. So so then like like we did that for like three or four weeks. And then someone's like at school is like, whoa, we can't have these kids going crazy playing soccer. So we're gonna build. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make a square. So they took like, I don't know, a 50, 40 by forty square, and they right. said, "Here, you boys, plus some girls, play soccer inside this square." Yeah, that didn't happen. But what they made the mistake of, they made the the square just like a baseball diamond. Right. So instead right. of playing soccer, we just started playing kickball on it instead. Got it. And, and it was a perfect kickball diamond. Perfect yeah. kickball for years. <laughs> I think we even played kickball on it as like adults. Like we went back and played a game of kickball on that same burned out diamond 
um, back in like the 90s. Oh, yeah. By the way, they didn't chalk it. They burnt the grass. To yeah, they make... burnt the grass. Anyway, so number 40 on page 521, an extra sketch. And I know we got two of these. Oh, we yeah. We used to oh. make games with these all the time. I th- I'm certain. Yeah. So why don't you explain the game that we made with one of these? So there was a driving game we made with an Etch-A-Sketch where we would each make a course for each other with scotch tape on the Etch-A-Sketch. And we would time the person going through the course with the Etch-A-Sketch's controls. And then we would um, each do it and we'd time each other. And so what we got was our version of a handheld video game. That's exactly what we would design the game for each other. And then we time each other playing it with the digital watch or was it with like a, just a regular like stopwatch? Um, at this point, you could probably get cheap digital watches for a few dollars. I didn't have a, di- a cheap digital watch until I was 13. Okay. So, so then at this point, we're probably using a kitchen timer or just I think a mechanical time, mechanical timer. Yeah, most, most likely. Probably stole from dad's room. So Etch-A-Sketch, yes, I'm certain we both got them. I'm certain mom got them right from this catalog. Yeah, okay, let me next, explain 39. 39, okay, good. It's a footlocker. It's on it's page a, 511. Wait, the, the Etch-A-Sketch was on page 521. Footlocker is on page 511. Okay, so this was an old wood footlocker. And what I really wanted at this time was a box to put my stuff in, right? <laughs> yeah. And so we did each get a footlocker, but it wasn't this one. It was, it was a metal, a metal one. one. And it was must have been cheaper because... Because I know I probably circled this, but but it's that was a this is a twenty one ninety nine Footlocker. If you see other things that are twenty two dollars in this, you could buy a kitchen table. Yeah, there's no for twenty two dollars, and there's, there's I mean, no possible not, way. This isn't like I'm not talking about like you know prices from nineteen twenties. But I'm saying there were things for twenty two dollars. You're talking about. It's way too expensive in 1977 for that full Yeah. So this but, is where your eyes were bigger than mom's wallet. Yeah, There's no definitely. possible way she was going to buy that. Definitely. She did, she did get, get something, though. She always did a good job of getting either equivalents or, yeah, you know, that she could afford. Something like it. Something like yeah. it. Okay. Number 38 on page 504 is a little doctor medical kit. Love it. And we got one of these. Yep. At least we got a version of it. I think at the four ninety five one because I remember it having it being a red. So it's down in the corner. It says four ninety five. It's a little red one. I remember we had a little red kit. Yep. And um, ours came with candy. It, they couldn't do this now, but inside a pill bottle there was candy. Oh yeah. You can't do that now. No way could you do that now. Yeah, there's no, no I mean, possible. You're right. There was candy in the pill bottle. Yes. But this is probably, we probably use this as part of our uh, emergency 51, you know, squad oh, 51. of course. Yeah, pulling it out in, 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 in the wagons or whatever. Sure. Okay, do number 37. Okay, 37. I did add this one. It's a superhero sleeping bag. And page 435? On, on page 435, it's a superhero sleeping bag. The only reason I put this in was that I always wanted a sleeping bag. Me too. I didn't think we, we would go camping and dad had some really nice, like, I think there probably they were, were sub-zero sleeping bags from the army. They were army surplus. The army yeah, surplus. Army surplus, like sub-zero sleeping bags. But I always wanted my own. Right, and yeah, so... And our own kid's sleeping bag. Yeah. Because so, everything was also adult and... It, our, our house was full of adult stuff. Not adult <laughs> things, but adults. Anyway, things yeah, sized yeah. for adults. Okay, do you remember 36, Steve? Number 36, page 408. Football shoulder pads. I just remember liking this football equipment page. I don't know why. I, I don't remember actually I agree. circling I the shoulder I looked at it pads, too. But I liked it. I just remember like it was cool to have this football equipment page. Now, what I really wanted was a baseball 
batting helmet, but there oh, weren't yeah. any in here. So I remember just looking at this page, going, "Wow, this stuff's cool." I I think that I think we were intrigued by padding, yes. like being able to put pads on, and then we wouldn't get hurt. Yes, because like all the kids our age, or most of them, when we went outside to play, we came back hurt, hurt often, <laughs> very <laughs> often. Yeah. It was not necessarily hospital hurt. Like a couple times I needed stitches and I had to go to the hospital or something like that. Greg across the street, you know, he his his bike, he crashed and had to call the call the paramedics because he was oh, yeah. out, unconscious. There were a few times when I got scraped up really bad, you know, doing speed wobbles and fall off the skateboard, but never never had to go to the hospital. But it, you always came out with you always came out worse for the wear. And that's what being a kid was in the seventies. Yeah, totally. Okay, 35, Weeble Wobble Treehouse on page 501. We always, for some reason, wanted Weeble Wobbles. Yeah. And I think I think we circled them, but, but they were they were never on the top of mom's list to get for us. No. Or they were too expensive. But I, but we did end up getting this Weeble I, Wobble Treehouse. I know where we got it from. Where? Okay, so... Gil- but it was late. Like, we were like, a, yeah. like 10 or 11 no, years no, old. No, no, we're 10. We're 10. We're like 8 or 9. Okay. We walked up to Guild Drug with mom. And there, for going to the liquor store or something, and looking for Star Wars cards or whatever, we went into the Guild Drug, and they had this on sale, half off, and it oh. was down from like six ninety five to like three ninety five or something. And Mom bought it for us like a summer day, and oh yeah, we play with it. And so <clears throat> I, I liked it, but it, it didn't really do much. And we didn't have it. It was way before we could get an Atari or anything like that. So it was around this time, actually. Uh, maybe it one was year probably later. A, yeah, a year after or something. But we were intrigued by Weeble Wobbles because we never had them. Yeah, and they had they were there were commercials for Weeble Wobbles all over the place, and yeah. we just never had. So we were yeah, but it was at the end of the Weeble Wobble cycle when we got this. <laughs> now explain number thirty four, Steve, because I think this is awesome. Okay, number thirty four, Jeff, number thirty four, a f- ride on crane. Yes, that is awesome. Page five hundred six is like this is an actual working crane that you ride on and operate. This is amazing. I, I don't I don't know if we if I actually would have circled this or any of this stuff but now that i look at it i wonder why i didn't want to ride on crane i think we knew bucks. i think we knew it was we it was 20 bucks oh that wasn't i mean maybe it was unfortunate and i, I try to shield my kids from this as much as possible they, but justin doesn't care for ryan some reason he's got the idea to care about what the prices of things are just because but but we knew everything about every price because we knew exactly what we were going to get or not based on the price yeah oh yeah so yeah. Roller number 33, page 584, a roller coaster stunt buggy. Now, it's not something you ride. It is like a, uh, a matchbox or a little people like roller coaster. It's not either, maybe either one of those. Yeah, it's like a mini roller coaster with these little cars that go on it. So they like roll, they, they, they kind of go, they kind of, kind of get taken up just like a roller coaster lift. And then they roll down and go through a bunch of little obstacles and come out and go back in. And I remember... I wanted this really bad. And then we saw it at our friend's house and you know, it's really kind of boring. So it's the lift um, that we really like too. Yeah, the lift was cool. But in the toy biz, Jeff, the toy biz, professional toy biz, we call this a watch me. Oh, it is a not a good thing. It is something that kids watch <laughs> not do. <laughs> you not do, right. Okay, I got it. Yeah. Okay. You drive it, number thirty two, you drive it, page five eighty. I remember wanting this. And I know some, some, one of our friends must have had it. It is a thing with a steering wheel and, and a foot pedal. And you push on it. 
and it drives a little car around a little track in front of you. I think, I don't remember if the track itself turns and the car stays in place and it moves right to left. I, I feel like it's it's like a record player and I, it turns the track and the car the car kind of moves right or left, like like across. Does that make sense? I'm trying to read. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. I'm trying to read the description to see. This is this is what it says. Steering wheel regulates the car's course via rotating magnetic wand under platform that you drive in quotes the car around the obstacle course. It just went in circles, and your car stayed in place. Yeah. It was so cool. I mean, I remember it had a steering wheel and a shifter. I just wanted something like this right. so badly. Yeah, exactly. Because the one thing that we would do is drive around with their parents and you could watch them drive the car and you're all, I want to do that. So, you know, a lot of kids wanted that. Number 31, page 404, a skateboard. Skateboard. I remember so we would have wanted this like the next year. And so yeah. Well, I mean, there were so so. There's no way we're gonna get this. This Hobie skateboard is fifty five dollars. Oh, yeah, no way. A flexible flyer that you could pick up. Um, both the wooden, and, wooden one which we did get, <laughs> or a plastic one were between you know um, five and th- thirteen dollars at fifties. Yeah. We got a flexible flyer wooden ones which I liked a lot, but they didn't. The trucks and wheels were not. Were like actually more like this, which was where big plastic trucks that um not like the the softer plastic that you would get on a professional skateboard yeah no we i remember we um we saved up our money to get our skateboards yeah our parents were not into it at all no they were they were probably pretty smart actually. but i remember mom took us to the thrifties at night for some reason it was at night and we both bought our skateboards and took them home and i remember riding in the driveway yeah. in the dark for that probably hour. she had to like get around to like okay i really have to go do this yeah we um, were super excited about it we okay were. number 30 on page 617 it's our clock radio that we had it is of- our clock radio that we had in our room for like 20 years or something the yes. one in the middle the one in the middle yes yeah and and I'm, I'm i'm supposing that we did not circle this but this is where mom got it so this is a digital <laughs> this is a digital clock radio and no these are way too expensive so my guess is that dad either picked one up at this is so normally he wouldn't buy anything at radio shack he hated we it. didn't get it this year i mean we got this thing like five years later oh okay right 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 but i mean a digital clock radio at this time in 77 yeah, yeah. this was this is 50 bucks for something that shows a time has possibly has a um an alarm and lets you do amfm this is you know this is ex- incredibly expensive yeah yeah i really wanted one though but because i didn't like to look at the regular clock all the time like most sane kids so number 29 page 542 this is the Comp 4. It actually was a little computer game that you could play, and I remember being intrigued by it and circling it. Um, it was 24 bucks. I, we never got it. And yeah, I it's bet- too expensive. It's too, 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 expensive. too much on the, from mom's budget side. There's no way we could yeah. get it. It's too expensive for yeah. as a single present. But it looks like it's more like a, it's got nine, it's got a keypad on it. looks like a digital phone kind of, but, but more an Atari 400 style keypad. And it has a little screen and a, it did like trivia games and stuff, I'm pretty sure. It says it wants you to break the secret code. I wonder if it's a little bit like Mastermind in it that does, sense. I'm, I'm trying to read the uh, description. It is a made game of that challenges you to break computer secret code as fast yeah, as possible. It's, oh, okay. So it's it's a $25 version of, of, uh, of Mastermind. Yeah, we or, would have been really disappointed. Yeah, we would have been pissed. It. We were disappointed with all the electronic toys we got before Atari. 
So oh, except for the same year we got Atari, we did get two electronic games on Christmas Eve. So 28 Erector sets. We even had a fantastic Erector set. I don't know if it was this one or not. So the one, yeah. So we had the one, it, a, it had a blue case, which I think it does have a blue case over there. This one looks red. I think this shows up. No, that's the motor. Um, oh. But we had the one with the motor. Yes. I mean, uh, uh, Dad got us an Erector set. Dad is, probably thought, like, I'm going to turn them into engineers. What he didn't realize was that's not... Uh, and plus, the kid in the top right-hand corner looks like you from, like... That's strange, isn't it? So, um, Dad wanted us to have Erector sets, and we wanted to. And he actually taught us a lot of, like, skills for building stuff and stuff like that. Still, I break every computer that I open. So, um... <laughs> okay. 27. This is a game called Codename Sector on um, page 542. Uh, Electronic one-player game like Battleship where you search for submarines... I know I circled this every year and never got yeah, it. 34 bucks. 34 dollars. <laughs> yeah, no way. But still, it's pretty neat, actually. Okay. 26 the, the, portable stereo phonograph, page 608. Now, we did get something like this, but not it's in very 77. Similar. It was probably when we were 9 or 10, we got a phonograph, all-in-one phonograph with built-in speakers. We could play our KTEL records on and and Well, I know we had our one of our KISS singles. I bought the story of Star Wars record. Right. And I know we had a place to play it in our room. And I thought it was something like this. Well, but we had not. a little white one before we got the black one. Oh, okay. Okay. So the little white one, we played that on. But when we actually got went to record store with Mari one time and asked her, Mari, what's a good, what's a good band to get? And she, she said, it's not the band, it's the song or something like that. And then we, and then um, I wanted to get a who record, but we ended up getting cheap trick and kiss at 45s. Oh, and cool. we played them on this black uh, all-in-one all player. So uh, what's number 25? Steve? 25 is this cassette recorder. Um, we did, we got, I don't know when we got this cassette recorder. This looks like the exact cassette recorder we owned. Yeah. But this is the same cassette recorder we we played our StarPath Supercharger tapes on. Yes, exactly. So page sure. 605, page it, looks, it looks like a realistic, but it's not. Because realistic no, was... No, yeah, I, th I thought, I don't think we had realistics. I don't think... Dad would have allowed us to have no. any Radio Shack equipment other than like things that were really cheap. Oh, no, that was something we really wanted, like Pong. Then we yeah. got Radio Shack version. Yeah, well, no, that was, yeah, we got the, what was it called? Um, TV scoreboard. Yeah. It was emphasis on board. Yeah. And we, we did play it a few times and then it broke. 24, okay. something we absolutely would never, we wanted and Dad wanted and he, he actually, he actually built his own cocoon with one of these, a full train layout. Um, page it's 593. awesome. There's se there's several. Page 593, there's a couple others. I always go, went past these pages, and I wanted these full train layouts with, yeah. like, a mountain and a tunnel. And and if you look at it, it's actually, it's actually kind of it's a piece really, of garbage. Well, no, I mean, it's pretty it. cool for 89 bucks or whatever, but, I mean, it had lots of cool pieces with it. Just those individual pieces would cost you 89 bucks down. The, oh, yeah. uh, the, just one of the houses. Just one of the houses. But yeah, I I remember for a long time we really wanted, it used to be train stores around and stuff like that. Um, and we really wanted to do this, but we didn't have the room for it. No, there's no way we could have done it. But it was cool to think about. We did get a train and we could take it apart and put it together. I think I wrote a whole story about that. But, okay, um, so next one. Next one, 23. 23. Generic helicopter and rescue squad for Action Jackson, not G.I. Joe. I wanted this so badly. And guess what? 
I got it, and you got the helicopter. Yeah, we did. And I say for G, for Action Jackson because we didn't have GI Joe's. We had Action Jackson. Why do we have Action Jackson? No, this is Action Jackson, but it, like it was just Action Man. Maybe it was Action. I don't know. He was cheaper though, is what it was. Yeah, yeah, he was a little bit Way smaller. cheaper. You could get a whole like kit at at, at two. But guys. the thing about it is, there's this squad that has a place for you to put your equipment in, which is what I always wanted, and we did get that. But I remember later on wanting to get one again and never could. Now, this is on po- page five seventy three. Yes, we got them though. Yeah, so I and this is we did. We got I remember us putting these in. Now look at the price, 995, 997, perfect. Mom must have been really excited. Right. That she could get these. They came in huge boxes. They were huge. Yeah, I remember they, that. They, they fit like a, a GI Joe size guy. But this is what I remember. This is this is the, we ruined Christmas because it was I don't know, we I, it wasn't when we were 7. We must I think we were maybe we we're 6, maybe we were 7. It could have been this year actually. We snuck into her room. Oh yeah. And looked in her closet to see and we saw that she got these for Christmas for us and it fucking ruined Christmas maybe for you but not for me I didn't I, I had for me because I had to like pretend oh cool I'm a maid just what I want I had to like pretend to be surprised but you and did it was the first time I had to like lie like the very first lie I had to make to my mom yeah, the lie was... about whether I had I hadn't seen the thing before but it, no matter it was awesome okay number 22 Fort Geronimo on page 566 Okay. Where, where there's a cavalry fort and Indians who have a teepee for some reason uh, be, because they wouldn't have a teepee when they're going into battle but maybe probably not probably not right next to the fort no. probably not to the fort but it, I remember really wanting this remember we had some kind of fort yeah, we may have gotten this. It's only ten bucks. Yeah, so we may time... have gotten this one. I don't remember us getting these figures though. I don't remember those figures. Cool. But I always wanted four. I don't know if we got this one. I think we got we we got a, we got like a cheaper one with characters that weren't painted. Why don't stuff. you read your comment about this, Steve? Well, my comment is nothing like a good helping of insensitivity to go through Christmas gifts. Okay, cowboys and Indians were really our first taste of Empire versus Rebellion, but it, but in reverse. I always yeah. wanted a fort with lots of cowboys. So. I mean, because now I would play Indians and I'd have them whipping the cowboys' asses. So, but see, I, even then, though, I wasn't. I always didn't buy that the Indians were the bad guys. Yeah, it was tough too, especially when we, when most of the time when we were uh, the savages in quotes had. That's how our we survived uh, in the winter uh, when people first made it to the the, the USA yeah, from other I, countries. I, I just, I think, even as a kid, I'm like. I'm not buying your story. <laughs> I'm not buying your story. Exactly. There's something not quite right about your story. But anyway, okay. 21. Uh, 21, Fonzie Pinball. Yes. Now, I know we circled this on page 546. It's literally a Fonzie Pinball machine. It's, it's almost full size. I mean, it's stand-up. It, it was for little kids. You would have been, it would have been, you'd be sitting in there. But 54. It's, yeah, there never, were lots of pinball machines back then, which we, which now there are, there are almost none. And it's really sad. Like, you can't really get a mini pinball machine, mechanical pinball machine. They uh, We did want one, and we never got one. I mean, oh, no, look at the price. I mean, now, no. our sister Mari had one, and there's some lore about someone stepping on it and breaking it, but I don't know if that's actually true. Do you remember anything about that? Uh, so back when she had her dark room in her room, I remember uh-huh. like I couldn't see and it was dark, and I knocked over something and stepped on something. She wanted to show me something, and I did, and I remember telling her, like, it's too dark, I can't see anything. I was like, I swear, I was seven or something. And ever, ever after that, she blamed me all the time for anything ever that went wrong with her. her was it um, this Fonzie pinball machine? I have no idea. In my, it was opinion. some pinball machine like that. I would like to buy her one, but I'm sure this cost a million dollars. Oh now. yeah. Okay, number twenty, and th- there's a reason why this isn't higher on the list. Number twenty is Micronauts. Ooh. 
know, my, remember Micronauts were probably the first action figures that were like, you know, four and a half inches tall. That weren't a G.I. Joe or an action man, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, some of them are smaller. I, Our friends, everybody was so crazy. Fucking uh, crazy for Micronauts. We had one. <clears throat> we had one Micronaut, and I was like, okay, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, if we, if we wanted more, we would have got them, but I just didn't want any more. Okay. Shooting gallery, 544, page 544. There's yeah. also another one on page 11. On page 11. We wanted shooting galleries. You want to read your comments on this one? because Yeah, so here's the thing about shooting gallery. All right, so I'm sure I there's another thing on this page called the Marks Toys um, BB. It's like a BB shooting gallery. I'm sure that's what I wanted. Tin Can Alley. But, but what we got, what we ended up getting, because we never got anything, we ended up getting Tin Can Alley for our 10th birthday, which is on page... 11. Yeah. And Tin Can Alley is the the toy that made me want to work in the toy business because it was so such a so disappointing. So a Tin Can Alley is a rifle and like some and a set of five tin cans that I think they light up one at a time or you're supposed to shoot them. I can't remember exactly what, but I remember it shooting the cans and it's a it's a light gun. Yeah, well, no, it wasn't a light gun. See, that's the problem. It was like a light gun, except what happened was, it, it you would shoot, you would you're supposed to shoot the cans when the light lit up, and if the light lit up and you were supposedly aiming at the can and you shot, it would it, the can would fall over. But then what I learned was that it wasn't a light gun at all. I made a mistake and like pressed the trigger when we were just about to eat our birthday cake or something, and I noticed when the cans went down, I'm like, oh, it must be because light bounces i'm like no 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 I, I i kept testing it out and realized that if you pull the trigger anytime one of the one of the lights lit up whether you aimed at the can or not it would fall over i'm like oh this is the most disappointing thing i've ever had because it it totally fooled me into thinking it was real and it wasn't and i'm like i if i ever make toys i'm never going to do that well listen to the blurb because it's a lie then this is test your target shooting skills on this exciting shooting range how it works shoots a light beam bullet well they're just no they're the line it says they're basically saying nothing flies through the air so they're just making shit up yeah yeah, at least at least the one that we had this may not be the same one but the one we had and this is 30 Uh, bucks so you know maybe we got the one for 9.95 or something yeah i know exactly what you mean though i do remember that now okay number Um, 18 number 18 tommy blip page 543 it's handheld pong it's handheld Pong for two players, which I think it's just LEDs that light up across the screen. For $7.44? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's LEDs. I, when I first saw this, I thought, I thought, wow. And then I, I saw the blip, the name blip in, in that font there, and I'm like, I know that blip. Yeah. I think we own this. I think we own this too. I mean, yeah. it, must, it, didn't, it wasn't very fun because all you do, like the blip can only, there's like three buttons you press. You have to press the right button when the yeah. blip is hitting the right thing, but like... It's really not a challenge there. No, there's only three. There's only three positions for your paddle. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it was not the greatest. Okay, page four hundred two, Jeff. What's on page four hundred two? Page four hundred two, a basketball hoop to go on your garage or wherever. And guess what? Eventually, we did get one. Yeah. And we used it for twenty some odd years until we finally couldn't anymore because Dad had parked his camper in front of it for the next twenty some odd years. Yes, but then. But then the day we finally moved everything out of our parents' house, it was like six o'clock at night and like, I don't know, February 8th or something, 2018. 
Yeah. And you and I played actually played one more basketball game on this hoop. Did we really? You yeah, don't remember that? I do remember now. There was yeah, no we, net on it, right? Like there was no Yeah, net. no net. There was nothing there. But we played one last game. You kicked my ass, by the I way. I remember having this and I would go I would string up a net and I would I would get up on a thing and I would clean the backboard, make it more white. I would put new nets on all the time if there was any little tear in it. I took care of this thing like it was a child. I know, but we played basketball on it. I mean, we we loved all it. We'd time. watch the Lakers or something, and then at halftime we'd go out and shoot some 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 baskets and then go back in. And that was fun. Dad would sometimes come out and watch us, and Mom would come out and watch us too. And then we made up that soccer game where you would try to kick the ball into the basket. Dad, and Dad that, would play with us. Yeah. Yeah, this he is, would this sometimes is... he would sometimes like with the Nerf ball because I could we had set it about nine and a half feet it wasn't at ten feet with a Nerf ball in my hand not 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 a, not a small Nerf ball because that was that would have been lame but like a Nerf soccer ball so it's almost like a kind of like a basketball I could easily slam dunk on this basket so Dad would pass me the ball and I would do slam dunks and he was excited <laughs> to do that like he I, he like was pretty good at understanding the um the wall pass in soccer so it was the same thing i would pass to him he'd pass back to me on the run and then i would fly up and do a slam dunk like a james worthy statue of oh, liberty awesome. anyway um what's right. number 16 Steve? let's talk about 15 and 16 together 15 and 16 is like christmas 1978 oh yeah. and i say oh, yeah. that because well i think it might have been earlier you got this yes well, and no, I, you got this. And today. I got that. And you I got, got that. So number 16 on page 537 is a chemistry set. Right. And I got it. $14.95. And I know this is the one you got because above it, the exact same year on page 532, the USS Constitution, like giant model for $15.97. And that's almost equitable. That's why mom would have got them. That model right there would be like two thousand dollars now okay it was all plastic no it would be two thousand dollars it'd be like ninety nine dollars well but okay, listen but... listen it was all plastic i i wanted this ship model so badly and then it hung like a fucking albatross around my neck <laughs> for the next 10 years because it sat in my closet and i couldn't i couldn't bring myself to put it together I could, it was just too complicated well, and too models always look so much better when someone else had put them together than when you had to sit there and go models through are so much better in the box in the box right exactly. the box with the plastic pieces inside like it's like the potential to build it is way better than actually doing it what about the chemistry set though um i got the chemistry set because i was reading at the time i got this i was reading the was it danny dunn danny dunn and the scientific method books and things like that. And so I really was excited about doing stuff. And I did a few little things. I mean, this has the stuff to make, you know, it's got, um, it, it has powdered baking soda. You had to put your own vinegar with it to make a lot. There's no liquids in it, it's old powders. So it's our sodium, it's just really simple stuff. And you could mix it with other household items and make little things. So you, you know, there, it was just fun. Like it was- I remember it, you wanting us being really excited about a chemistry set. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. I had a lot of neat stuff in it too. Yeah, it was it was neat. And then later we got one that had like it was like a spy kit. Yes, I remember getting that. Number fourteen on page five hundred five, the camp playset. And I remember getting this. We got well, this. Yeah, we got this a couple of years, few years earlier. 
yeah, it's a camp play set. It come like I don't know if we I don't know if we got the tent or not, but we certainly no got tent, no tent. The equipment, but yeah, we got the equipment with the backpack and there's like a like a green shovel and a flashlight. And I think the yeah. flashlight actually worked. Yeah, it was cool. Which is cool. Yeah. So I know we had that one. Yeah, I know that number thirteen on page four forty five. It's a massive art kit. Now we never got this. No, but because... I circled it every time because I wanted just like the the cooking baking set. I wanted the kit with all the stuff in it. Yeah, I loved having all the stuff, all the little packages and things. And I, I circled it every year, but there's no way we got it. But I think we did get an art kit at some point, but it wasn't like this. Yeah, we, we'd always get little art kits, but it was never was like the massive one. This what about massive? Why don't, you like tell, a, why don't you talk about twelve also then? Steve. Okay, but this one's in like a like a box, like a latched box, and it's just amazing. So, okay, this one you also picked. I want to say. On I did. Own. I did. After I saw you did it, I wanted to make okay. sure it was doubled Number up. Number twelve is a massive fake kitchen on yeah. page four seventy four. It's, so it's like a giant fake kitchen. It's huge, and in the picture, it looks like it's two boys. It might not be, but it kind of looks like that. It but is. I mean, kids' haircuts were were pretty unisex back then, so it's hard to tell. Yeah, I always wanted this. I love the idea of fake food and packaging. I think it's because in the first day in kindergarten. They had this awesome fake kitchen, and I was like, I'm playing with the fake kitchen. And I went to go play at the fake kitchen, the food, and then either the teacher and some of the other kids told me that boys weren't allowed to play in the kitchen, and so I never did it again. But I was like, that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't I play in the kitchen? <laughs> That's 1975 yeah. for you. 70s were, we thought the 70s were more progressive than we get, than, than they were, but yeah. they, they, that was that was lame. I mean, Sears tried because there's boys in these pictures. Right. Looks like. And the but, reason um, there's boys in the pictures is they know people with money are going to buy these for girls. They want them to think it's okay for boys because they want to sell more of them. Yeah, and I, but by the way, I still like fake kitchens. So Me too. Just, you know. That's my favorite part of Ikea. Yes, all right, number 11 on page 593 Oh, is... my Lord. The Aurora Slotless Racetrack, page 593. You These know never Mom worked. got it right here. You know she bought this for us right here, right? Unfortunately, they never worked well. No, it didn't work, but we had this exact one. Yeah, this is really cool, though. And it even had, like, a ramp and stuff like that. But it was, like, slotless, meaning it just had electricity running through wires on the track. Yeah. Cars and... down, and they would go, and it was awesome. But you could use them for maybe five ten minutes and then you'd have to fix it break it yeah it, it, they broke they broke way yeah. too much the slotless racetrack but they and were it cool just, it just wasn't connect there was no connect no connected okay well, number nine and nine ten and are no, both related to one another one is on page 586 and 587 these are evil Knievel toys. I want you to talk about number 10, the evil Knievel toys first. Okay. Well, the evil Knievel toys we actually received on one Christmas morning, probably the year before this, actually. A couple of years. No, no. We were, like five, we, we were like four or five. We actually each got a... This um, is like four or five Christmases before. We each got a, an evil Knievel and... Uh, and the, the wind-up wind up. thing, I don't know if we got the van or not. I forget. We got a van. Yes, we got, got a van. van. It was awesome. And we ran these things around the house all the time. Um, up the street. Everywhere. In, down in, the, you wound it up and you let it go. It was the, the I think the wind-up Evil King Evil motorcycle in 1974 or 1975 when it came out, probably the world's greatest toy. Probably for that time, especially. Because you yeah. could do so many things with it, right? And, and, and if you think about what you, we could do with it, 
you could do things like Evil Knievel would. Like, you could set up a jump and actually watch Evil Knievel try to jump over. Right. He never and, would, because he would, he'd always do an endo and fall right into the middle of stuff. But it didn't matter. And what's an endo, Steve? An endo is when you go up, you go over a ramp, but you, your your front wheels go down, and then you your go front, over the... Yeah, your front wheel is hits first, and you fly over the handlebars. Yes. Number nine, though, is something we it's never had. Endo is end over end. Endo, right. get it? Yes, got it. Number nine... The most amazing toy, 580, page 586, Evil Knievel Stunt World. It's like a plastic plastic mat with a molded um, cliff and a molded stadium with a jump. And it's it's fully painted. It's miniature. And it comes with a van, two Evil Knievel motorcycles, and like a jet and some other like trailer yeah. or something. Not and, for use with the with the other one. These are tiny, right? These are these tiny. Are... But this is, I loved miniatures. And I wanted this so bad because I wanted a little miniature world to play in. And and I wanted, this is, this we never got it. But it was, I remember someone had it because one of our friends had the van and had the jets and the motorcycles. But I, this, this was ideal. No pun intended because it was made by Ideal Toys. Okay. okay. Number seven and eight. Seven and eight. These are hilarious. Okay. For, so seven so, and eight are actual bikes? Yeah, 421. Mm. So the first set is on page 421. These are at the, this is before BMX. So the motocross bikes they had. No, no, def motocross style bikes. Oh, excuse me, motocross style bikes. These uh, motocross style bikes kind of looked more like bizarre motorcycles than they did BMX bikes. And they and looked they, like mo- like a like a, like seventies like Dad CZ his Czechoslovakian you know like motorcycle. Yeah. Number two kind of resembles it a little bit with the seat works. I wanted number two really bad. In this oh page. yeah, oh yeah. I mean, we had we didn't know any better. And there's you even circle number one. one. I probably circled number two, and they looked at the eighty nine ninety nine and the seventy nine ninety nine and said, said no, no way. F-ing way. And then there's another bike. The bikes we got. So that's the bike we wanted. But on four on on page four twenty three is the bike we got. <laughs> no, this is actually didn't even get that bike. It's close. Close. Yeah, ours were fancier than the bike we got. This is fancier than uh, yeah. Ours must have been about these are fifty three dollars. I think the ones we got were probably closer to twenty five, and they had the plastic Granny bought wheels. them for us. Oh, okay. Well, they're orange with black seats and had plastic wheels. Okay. Um, and uh, actually, weren't that bad for for when you're five. No, no, they were cool. I I still remember the day Dad took us to the school. Penny camp took the training wheels off. Oh yeah. my! Like that was the the most amazing feeling. Of freedom, just riding in circles. We both were just riding around and around and around in circles. That was awesome. Number six, a Bally full-size pinball machine, yeah. page so four hundred one. And you are correct about your in your assertion at the bottom here, Steve. Yeah, my assertion is I think okay. So there's this Bally full-size pinball machine. I always wanted a full-size pinball machine. It didn't matter if it was a small one or the big one. I didn't know the difference. This pinball machine in particular was owned by our fifth grade Cub Scout leader. And he had his house, we had our Cub Scout meetings at his house. And I don't remember what his name was, but he had one of these pinball machines, but he wouldn't let us play it. No. And I remember begging him every time, can I play your pinball machine, play your pinball machine. And finally, he let me play one ball, like at our last meeting. And you know what, the action wasn't that good. Yeah, so you didn't miss anything. He was also my baseball coach and his, his son, and the like assistant coach's kid son played all the best positions and I came late and I was the dirty kid from across the tracks and I knew how to play baseball 
and first they made me play outfield and let me do anything. And then they realized I could be baseball. And then they had me pitch and hit, clean up and do everything else. But his sons, their sons still played all the main positions. It was it was so funny going from Premier Little League where you and I were just average players. Right? I know. Like pretty good in practice, but like in games, we were just average and playing the outfield and we could throw and hit okay and all like that. But going to Maricosa Little League where you were the best guy in the league besides Wilton. Yeah, well, though there were some other guys. I'm just saying, like good. on that team, it was like it was but, minors, so it wasn't majors. Because no, so Premier like... Little League was over where the blue collar people lived, and yes. I think, and still, I think that part of Redondo across the street from our high school was more like seen as like a little bit upper that was, crust. That was from I don't know why, but where all the tall and skinnies are. Anyway. Yeah, where the exactly. Okay. okay. Anyway, number um, number five. five. This is a Matchbox Farm playset on page 578. I remember getting, I did not circle this. Mom, this came for Christmas when I was like three or four years old. It was the greatest present ever. Yeah, it's it was giant. a farm playset. It's kind of reminded me of the Evil Knievel thing, except every car came with a bunch of cars. They all came in their own little individual boxes. And I just thought this was the greatest thing ever a, a play mat with little plastic buildings on it and, and cards you could roll with. i just wanted for 995 to play in for 995 yeah. i just wanted another little world to play in so badly yeah i know we got that one time i got a little people airplane and you got the garage didn't i get like an airport or something like i couldn't find my equivalent to this matchbox you thing did, but I'm, i don't know i don't think it was this it was something else like yeah obviously mom would have made it um, yeah she would have made it even that's what even. i mean she just didn't okay Number four. Why don't you talk about number four, which is on page four? Number four. Squad 51 Fireman Set. Now, I have no idea if we got this or not. Yes. I know. Th- oh, we yes. Did. Oh, absolutely. We each had one. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, okay. Yes, yes, this absolutely. is awesome. Had one of these. It has, um, well, it comes with a loudspeaker so you can yell at people, and it comes with a, um, a mask and a An canister of tank. oxygen, air tank, and a helmet. And you were supposed to make rescues with this stuff. And yes. We, yes. And we did. In our wagon, we rescued each other. We had the medical kit and the right. camping kit and this kit, and we threw it all in, and we we, we went out on rescues. We, we did. <laughs> in the front yard. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, this I remember getting. This is another surprise. That was another. So we did not we did not want that necessarily, but we, we wanted it. We wanted it. We didn't know we wanted it, right? Okay. Like, Number three. Yeah, this was. On page 532 and 567, tell Shogun War. Now, this came out this year. You also notice this is 1977. There are no Star Wars toys on this list. Nothing. There were no Star Wars toys. There wasn't anything out yet. Shogun Warriors were the, were the closest thing to Star Wars. And Mattel made these, by the way. You got Mazinga and I got Dragoon. Yeah, I got the one that um, shot three missiles from its from its hand. And yeah, and I got the one that shot through. like stars from yeah. it. And we loved our Shogun Warriors yeah. like nothing else. They were amazing giant robots we, but the, th- the funny thing is and again five page 532 and 567 this probably should have led us to a life of you know being enthusiastic about japanese content and movies and stuff but not really well there wasn't enough of that for us to really because i mean you know why because really soon atari came out and that was american that's right okay which leads us to number two which was actually which i actually found in here is atari video music on not- page 401 which i can't believe it's actually <laughs> Wait a minute. Did you hear this? Wait, I'm paid. Hmm. Let's listen to that a little louder. Another EVP with Uncle John trying to communicate with us. 
Hello from a World War II military graveyard in Luxembourg. I only find it weird because this odd sound or voice showed up saying dot after we discussed the possibility in the beginning, but we never planned any of this and I'm recording this far after. Was it really a ghostly voice of the uncle we never met saying dot? Or was that just a trick of Zoom? I don't know, but I guess it's around Halloween, so... Happy Halloween. Here. I don't remember ever seeing this or knowing about it. I don't remember it. ever seeing awesome. it, but I would have thought this was incredible when I saw it. I, would have, I wouldn't have known. I would have thought it was a video game. I yeah, probably would have wanted it. This was for people dropping LSD, though, I think. Yeah, no, it was awesome. But, but I took, when I did that Pong thing, I actually took some of these designs and stuck them into the, back, in the, into oh, the backgrounds cool. of the... Of course, of no the, one evaluating that had any idea what it was. No, they had no, no idea. Okay, number one on this list, I remember before we get to the super special surprise, number one on the list, Gerdern panel. Yes, page you got, 529. Do you, you remember one Gerdern panel? I remember, I remember building lots of buildings with Gerdern panel. Before we had Lego, we on page 529 again, Gerdern panel, which was a toy that you could build buildings with, and you'd put the plastic girders together to make like square buildings, and you could build like skyscrapers, and they just stick these plastic panels on the side to look like win- windows. And so they really kind of look like buildings. Like you could, it was, they look like it was, buildings. It kind of looked like the the stuff um, Mr. Brady would make for his yes, architectural yes. designs. And so we'd build these buildings, and they were kind of Hot Wheels size, so you could like you could make a a, a city for Hot Wheels. But the best thing was building it, and then. Destroying um, it, playing uh, Godzilla, <laughs> destroying it, <laughs> destroying it. Well, um, this interesting thing about this mag, this, this <clears throat> wish book is there is no Lego in this wish book. No, there, there's there's another brick, but there's no Lego. It's like right. a fake Lego. So I remember getting this on Christmas, like seven again, seventy eight, seventy nine, something like that. Yeah. And and this is what I, what I remember. I remember opening it and not knowing how to put the things together. And I went to ask Dad how, if he could help me, and. And I was look. I said, "Oh, I was looking through the instruction booklet, but I can't see where, where how you put it together." I think there was another instruction booklet. And then he got really mad at me and said, "I hate people who lose their instructions." And then and, and I'm like, "Why?" But, but I didn't. And so I I searched all day. This is Christmas Day right. for the the lost instructions, so he would help me put it together. And I never found them, and so he never helped me. But the thing was, it wasn't another instruction book. It was see those that little thing at the top of this page that shows how to stick the things together. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's all there what was. It was. It was actually on the box. Oh, and it just okay. kind of showed how to put it together. But anyway, he never helped me. But but you you and I you and I play with we this stuff all the time. So yeah we forgot this must have been a migraine day for him or something. So like that. number one, Gerdern panel. And then I realized the point of this entire exercise is that okay. So when we got the wish book we knew after years of looking at the wish book that you go to go like halfway through there were a bunch of pages in the middle that were like the ordering pages and then you would there were a different like material like like a like a flimsy material that you use to tear out your order form to like send order orders out after those pages almost all the time that's where all the kids stuff started right you go sporting equipment maybe like you know bedding and then it goes into the toys so we only ever we learned to look at the that half of the of the wish book yeah the front of the book was like ladies ladies bras we never looked at the front of the book and if we had a 1977 we would have seen on page four and five the sears Video arcade, which was yeah. the Atari VCS. Yeah, it was one hundred and seventy dollars ninety five. We were never no, going to get no it. way we'd get it, but we would have seen it. We would have known that it existed. We would have I been even, all over this thing. I had no idea that existed. 
And I would have looked at that outer space game, which is, I think is is um, turned out to be Starship. Yeah. I, and I would have thought that was the greatest thing ever. Like we would have loved it, but 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 Atari made the made the didn't realize or whoever Sears didn't realize that kids didn't look at this part of the of the Sears catalog, or at least did we not. didn't. They did we, not because we we knew to skip it. And by the way, there are more. There's more pages. There's like this cool Grand Prix 3D road racing thing on like yeah. page 11. For never saw, I mean, yeah. There were so many cool things on the first like 10 pages, all electronic toys, that all we never amazing saw. You stuff. You know what? Maybe mom and dad wouldn't let us see these pages. No, they just like, that's not true. They, they wouldn't let us see the pages. We just didn't, we just, we just never looked at them because we knew to look at, and I, I'm guessing that, that a good portion of kids did the exact same thing. And this is one of the reasons why Atari didn't do well that first Christmas out is that they were basically placed in the wrong section of the Sears wish book. Kids went to the wish book to look at the toys in the back and the sporting goods in the middle, but they were not, you know, where you had started about page 400. But they didn't know the look at the front. No, because the, the front of the catalog was always before that. It's so far as I was concerned, was like women's clothes, and there's no reason I would ever look at that. So the games that are in here, it says that it comes with Target Fun, which right, is which is and, Air Sea Battle, right? And then it has Speedway Two, which is um, which is uh, Street Racer, Street Racer, Outer Space, Blackjack, Tank, which is obviously combat. Race, which is Indy 500, and then Pong Sports, which is the Olympics. Yep. So if it's we good. had seen that, we would have circled it. We would have never got it till um at, till uh, 1981 anyway. No, no, we still wouldn't have gotten it, but we would have known that it existed. We wouldn't have we would have been in the dark. And then ne- the next year when we saw it at Carrie's house, we would we'd have thought, oh, that's the that's the thing we saw in the Sears catalog. Right. But um, did she get Sears video kit? No, 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 no. She had the guitar, but it doesn't matter. We would have we we'd have understood that it was the same thing because we knew Sears had their own weird versions. Of they things. did. They're like, they did. They're like the Kenny shoes of you know companies. Yeah, but Kenny's didn't rebrand. They no, just they just made, made their own versions. They made their own. They but made we had off. tough skins, which I tried to find in here, and they were, you know, fake Levi's. So we knew that in some ways Sears made their own branded stuff. Yeah, but I don't blame mom for getting tough skins. One, they were they were better quality, and two, they're like five dollars compared to the twenty dollars for a pair yeah, of yeah, jeans. Yeah, no, I don't blame her either. We they were probably a, a really good choice. Into the purple black. Hey everybody, it's Bill from Atari Bytes. Every week on my show I play a great old game. Then I read an original short story I wrote inspired by that game. Loosely inspired. Okay, often completely different. Sometimes not even based on any sort of reality. In contrast, on Into the Vertical Blank, which you're listening to right now, you get real stories about real people and what these games mean to them. So keep listening. Into the Vertical Blank. Hey, now that all that's said and done, what do you, uh, what do you think about the 1977 Sears wish book. Um, I am so uh, surprised that we didn't see the Atari in the front. I mean, no, yeah, we never saw it. We never saw it. We might have seen it the next year and knowing that we were never going to get one, but I do think um, we'll see it at some point. Possibly because when we actually did see the Atari at Carrie's house, I felt like we knew that it existed because we had gone to Two Guys or FedMart or whatever and seen it there. You know what? I don't think it was there yet. I think I swear that it took a, at least another year before it showed up, but maybe you're right. The Odyssey 2 was out and so was the Atari and they were always next to one each other at Target or FedMart. Or it was FedMart at the time and, and what about the evp what do you think about that dot um i'm not <laughs> sure what it means but it but it was i'm interested in that we got one so 
It's um, interesting. I mean, again, these always come over Zoom, which is interesting because you know who knows what wires get crossed when you're talking on Zoom. But, but it doesn't happen any other time. So sure. I mean, I think it's cool. Whatever it was, it was cool. It was different. I don't mind cool and different at the moment. When you get to be my age, you kind of. I did you watch the end of Lovecraft Country? No, I have not watched. Okay, the we'll end. not talk last about ep- it episode tonight. Last episode tonight. It's um, it's, it's they did a really good job. So <laughs> I have to um, catch up. I, that means I have I have three and a half left to watch. I was watching The Boys, which is really good. The first I watched season anyway. episode one, and it was really good. And um, the whole thing is good. We watched the first episode of The Boys, and then uh, we watched it, and Jeannie said, "But it's superheroes." She hates superhero things. Um, yeah, I'm not. And, but I said, "But it's really not superheroes." <laughs> so I, I think I can get her to watch more. She liked it though. So yeah, I really liked the catalog. I hope it kept people's interest. I know there wasn't a lot of video game content, but at the end, there's the surprise. So what's next, Steve? What's our what's our next episode? That episode is going to be about Atari some ST. of our adventures programming Stoss on the Atari ST. So the next videos, Steve, um, huh? are going to be Activision game reviews across all of the Atari platforms that I can find. Oh, that sounds like fun. Cool. Okay, Jeff, say it. Okay, Steve. Uh, until next time, into the vertical blank, Steve. Into the vertical blank. The eerie bass background music in today's podcast was The Red Forest by Tony Longworth from his album Memories of Chernobyl. You can find a link in the show notes. Next frame calculated, prepare to write new data, V blank ending.
an 8-Bit Rocket Studios production.